Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. Welcome back. Um, different episode for us, right? Different episode because... We're finally seeing each other. We're in the same room. I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is strange. It is. It is strange, but... I'm happy. It feels good. When I walked into the office, you saw I was like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw you. I, I actually walked in without a mask because in PA, we don't. Right, right. So I was like, I don't care. I'm going to go. Is that New Jersey's lagging? Yeah, I know. I know. So that's awesome. Yep. Um, we have a couple things that we want to say, right? Yes, before we get into the episode. Um, the one thing is that on June 17th, uh, we are going to have an event, a philosophy hike. And I use the word hike lightly. I was about to say, don't <laughs> scare people. <laughs> Just a little uh, walk. Yeah, uh, It's going to be at Cheesequake Park uh, at noon, where we're going to get together, walk around, hang out, eat lunch, and talk. And the topic is going to be on the political spectrum. That's going to be an interesting one. So we're going to try to figure out what people think yes. those things are. And we're going to try to analyze some of those words that have been thrown around, like liberal, conservative, and communist. Yes. And whatever else is there. And, and to be specific, it's not on any particular political thing. It's just what do these words mean exactly right? what is left what is right what is liberal what is concern stuff like that exactly and we'll i'm sure we'll get into what they historically mean and how should we interpret those things and i think we're going to analyze also this idea of spectrum in itself right? yes if there is such thing if it's even appropriate correct correct um so we got that if you guys are interested it's going to be free Mm -hmm. uh, just send us an email with publicphilproject at gmail.com. So that we wait for you and we don't just take off That's as you're right. out there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, very, very low stakes, very casual. Mm -hmm. Just come hang out. Um, and the second thing I wanted to bring up is we are thinking about doing a Q&A episode. Mm -hmm. To celebrate the 50th. Yes, hopefully episode. the 50th. Um, and the idea is we want to do an episode where we just interact with questions that you guys send us mm -hmm. so if you're interested just shoot an email again to public fill project so it's public p-h-i-l mm -hmm. project at gmail.com any kind of question philosophical questions you've ever had uh, a comment or question about something we said in an episode please not angry stuff <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah no angry stuff um, just anything like that, and we'll try and have a conversation solely based on input from you guys. So hopefully this works out. Please do not be shy. Uh, and to clarify, it's not going to be live that you're going right. to call in or anything like that. You give us the uh, the, the question through email, and we'll... Right now, when you're listening, exactly. you send an email. Uh, you can send uh, us the email, and then we'll respond to your email. Of course, we acknowledge who you are, and, Yes, and we'll... We'll answer yes. hopefully, and do or, not you know don't think like is my question good? Just send, just send, just send. It. and if it's not good, we'll let you know. No, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> okay, so that said, we can get into this episode. Yes, today it's a good one, and we have been saving 
couple of good ones for that's true for when we were back. But this is one that we've been talking about for a little while. Now. Yeah, I don't want to say that the other ones for the past year and a half weren't good. <laughs> no, they they were, but we're moving towards things that are more specialized i would say right that makes sense uh and things that we wanted to do in person just because we have an attachment to those topics right yes so we've been saving these until we could uh breathe the same air so to speak (laughs) uh so today we're going to be talking about this concept of objectivity um which will point us then into the direction of this thing called subjectivity exactly they seem one of those reciprocal we Mm. can say concept slash words um i think it's going to be interesting to see what it means and you know both things uh, on a certain level are being criticized in philosophy right there are some philosophers that are all for objectivity mm-hmm. some philosopher that i can say ferociously criticize that mm-hmm. the importance of it or even the existence of that and vice versa with subjectivity as well um so we'll see how this goes i guess right yeah and these are also i feel like they're not buzzwords, but they're important culturally because people throw them around like, oh, that's subjective or, oh, you're not being objective or this enterprise is or is not objective. So clarity is going to be key here. <laughs> we'll do our best. We'll right? do our best. <laughs> um, so I think a good place to start is always, you know, what do people usually think about when they hear this word objective or objectivity? Well, I think that the general gist is people think they equate this with scientific at this point. Mm, okay, okay. They think that say, if something is objective, well, that something is going to be scientific, certain, um, undisputable, right? Okay. Uh, while we know that that's not necessarily the case, uh, specific when it comes to, to scientific stuff, right? And why do you think people associate science with object like what what about science is objective and what is that well it's supposedly in our in our society i think we've been conditioned to think that whatever is scientific is not confutable right Mm. that is absolute certain certainty and that's a description of the way the world is Mm -hmm. without any filters at all like no filters. Like directly there, right? Okay. And they associate that with this idea of objectivity. Mm. I think unfiltered is is a good word. And when I talk to, I don't know, people and students about objectivity, um, I usually get an answer like unbiased. Mm-hmm. So whatever being objective means, it means you remove any kind of personal preference or bias from the situation and you look at things, quote unquote, as they are. Yeah. So it's there's... For example, the glasses are on the table, right? Mm-hmm. That's objective because mm-hmm. it's unbiased, it's undisputable, cannot be denied, like all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that reality is a little bit more complex than that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I think, goes into one of the first critiques to objectivity, mm. uh, meaning that is it even possible to have this unbiased take mm. on reality, on things that exist or on any opinion that you can have because again and i think that's an interesting distinction that we had to make i think there is a um a version of objectivity and subjectivity that has to do with how can we say i don't want to say perception but with our take on the world okay and then there is another version of it that instead has to do with 
our opinions about stuff in general, right? Yes. Things that have nothing to do necessarily with, again, the phone is on the table. But it's more like, hey, this public figure figure is good or bad. Mm-hmm. And he's objectively bad because he doesn't like chocolate ice cream. And he's objectively good or she's objectively good because she, I don't know, he's a good dancer. I don't know. Mm. And I think these are two different ways of approaching this, don't you think? Yeah, I think that distinction's there. And I think another way of saying that is that in order to even talk about objectivity and subjectivity, you have to kind of talk about the different domains that they cover. Like, what are the things that are capable of being objective or not? What are the things that are being capable or of capable of being subjective or not? Like, in other words, what are these things about? Correct. Right? Because there are certain kinds of aboutness that allow of objectivity and certain ones do not. So there's many different questions I feel like to to go from here. So maybe we could start by saying what when people talk about objectivity, what kinds of questions are they asking? What are they talking about in terms of content? What questions are they asking? What questions should they ask? Because that's uh, different, right? Let's they, start with what do they? Oh, uh, well, I think that there's two domains that I that was referring to mm-hmm. have something to do with that. This is the two things that I'm thinking about, you know. People want objective, they want facts, right? Okay, okay. They want facts about, I don't know, the vaccine, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) To pick something that that we've been dealing with. They don't want to hear anybody's opinion. They want the objective truth, right? Okay. And this is why I think it's been difficult because people feel, um, probably rightly so, that some things are politicized, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it becomes this filter that they put in. So we don't get this objective truth anymore about the vaccine, but we get the filter by somebody's political opinion, for example. Okay. And But what we want when it comes to these things, medical stuff, biology, uh, I don't know. Again, in general, science stuff, for sure, we want to hear the objective truth rather than somebody's opinion. I think people are less... Um, inclined to look for absolute truth hmm. when it comes to stuff that have to do instead with character and ethics and personality. And preference. And preference okay. for some reason. I mean, I'm not saying that they're doing the right thing there, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that that is the, the gist. I think that's true. I think that uh, we've kind of run into some parallel uh, dichotomies, let's say. So you have objectivity, subjectivity, and it seems like this is somehow related to the fact-opinion mm-hmm. distinction. Yeah. Um, and it also seems like it is related to, let's say, um, description versus prescription or descriptive versus normative. Yes, or at the very minimum, prescription versus analytical in the sense mm. of analysis, right? Okay. Because I think that there is also this... To me, and I'm going to show a little bit of my cards here, this mythological idea Mm -hmm. that you can have some sort of um, description without analysis, right? Mm. That you can have a description of the world in itself or in general without uh, putting some sort of a hue Mm -hmm. 
mm. a specific color to that thing, which is your analysis. So this two thing, I think it's impossible to have a description without an analysis, which undermines probably what people think objectivity should be, mm-hmm. uh, and probably limits the scope of what objectivity can be, and it is. That's uh, that's interesting. So to use a kind of metaphor, it would be like. To be objective, at least in the traditional, <laughs> the first hit of the season. Um, so to be objective in the traditional sense is kind of like I am seeing reality without lenses. Correct. Right. Or I'm looking th- at reality without looking at it through a particular window. Um, another phrase that is commonly associated with this concept is Thomas Nagel, the view from nowhere, which we've referenced sometimes. Correct. And I think that's the idea that, you know, you are always viewing something from somewhere, Mm -hmm. right? And objectivity would be a kind of God's eye view where it's a view from nowhere. Correct. Correct. And that is very difficult to obtain if you're not God, right? A <laughs> <laughs> little bit. And uh, and I think that, and I wrote this, if you remember the article that I sent you last year mm. about science yes, stuff, yes. right? I think that partially the one of the things in the article was exactly this. People tend to be, tend to get disappointed when they are hit with the fact that wait a minute, there's things that are supposed to be objective and unfiltered and mm. with this view from nowhere, all of a sudden they realize that they are also viewed through a specific lens. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be the lens of an individual, it could be the lens that comes from a discipline, right? Mm-hmm. From a methodology, but there is always a lens there. It mm. doesn't mean that we need to throw away this concept of objectivity. Mm-hmm. I just think that we need to figure out how it works and what it is, we need to limit the scope again, mm. probably. Like know. properly define. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I, I think the inverse is true as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like people get upset when they're like, well, what do you mean? I thought this is objective and it's not. But you also have the, the inverse where it's like, but I but this is a totally subjective thing. Like, what do you mean? You, yeah. Like there's no right answer. Correct, correct. And I think that that's, that's an issue there too because there are people that go into specific stuff like, Hey, this is just my opinion. So yes, uh, and this has to be, and you need to validate this, right, like because, the dude. Yeah, well, that's just like your opinion. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like, hey, uh, this is just you know what you, um, what I think, and it needs to be validated because if I think about it, and it's subjective, it's as valid as your way of thinking. Right, right. And they get upset when this doesn't work. Mm. And I think that both of these things have to do with. Um, the, both of these issues can be resolved if we agree that there is a space mm. where these two things get, what can we say, fade into each other almost, uh, which is this concept that maybe we'll have a different episode talking about this, just intersubjectivity, right? Mm-hmm. This space where there's a shared right, right. amount. Of, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know. Yeah. Go into that. I mean, well, you know, it, it might, it might. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's this, 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 this shared amount of subjective views mm-hmm. that need to conform, though, to some sort of objective mm. um, framework. I just thought of something that we overlooked, and I can't believe we overlooked. The basic way of explaining the difference is to just look at the words. Yeah. Right? Like, subjectivity 
is the subject, yep. right? That is me, that is you, that is human consciousness, right? The subject. Mm-hmm. Whereas objectivity is supposed to be the object side of things. Exactly. You know, not as given to me in my, through my particular lens, but as the object is, right, yeah. in itself. So that's, that's a base as distinction. It, was in German, Gegenstand, right? The, well, Gegenstand or Objekta. Yeah, right. It's yeah. The, the, the one that stays in front of you, right? Yes. Gegenstand. So it presents itself. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that there are issues with, with both pure... Uh, views of that and again people tend to get mm. disappointed when they find out that one of the two doesn't work but uh but a basic example right because if people are like what do you what do you guys mean is like okay let's say we have this thing right mm-hmm. and so an objective statement might be the bottle is on top of the table mm-hmm. right whereas a subjective statement would be i like this bottle more than the other bottle i have at home yeah that could be yes and the difference you know one thing we might do is be like okay well why are those statements different and the one thing you might notice is that that first statement is at least in theory a descriptive statement right there's a Mm -hmm. state of affairs out in the world and i am taking a picture of it taking a picture of it right and i am just describing in language the state of affairs right Mm -hmm. it's like a claim about a thing that's publicly accessible. Correct. Right? Because you also have access to this state of affairs. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I say, you know, the bottle here is better than some bottle I have at home, um, that's not a purely descriptive thing. That's me expressing preference, right? Yep. Which means value comes into play. And it also takes into consideration my own private mental state. Yes. That you do not have access to. And if we're doing like the, the language analysis of that, right? The first one, you're just stating that the bottle is on the table. Well, the second one, you're saying, I like mm. the bottle better, this bottle better than the other, right? There's right, right. Th- the I is there immediately in the second one. Uh, the problem is, though, that even, again, we'll start with, to use a word, uh, again, out of place. Okay. Uh, we're going to start to... Maybe we can start to deconstruct a little bit this okay. idea of objectivity first, and then we'll move on to the other one, which needs also some deconstructing probably. But, Sounds good. Um, but again, you said before correctly, like at least on paper, let's say, right, this is descriptive. Mm-hmm. The problem is that we both know that that's not descriptive, at least not fully, right? Mm. It is still filter from the fact that you are a human being, for example, and that you are sitting in a specific relation with this table at this bottle, right? Mm. Uh, I'm not claiming by any stretch of the imagination that the bottle is not on the table, right? <laughs> That's not what we're doing here. Right. But what I'm, do- what I'm saying is, well, depending on, for example, the species in question, the bottle might not be on the table, it might be over the table. Because of the concepts. Correct. Mm-hmm. Not, not only that, but I'm thinking, and again, I'm going to make an example, uh, just just to make an example, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you were uh, some form of a germ, right? Okay. Or a very small, tiny little, uh, you know, animal, whatever we want to call it, mm-hmm. living being, right? Mm-hmm. Let's assume for a moment that these living beings can have concept and things like that. Because of the way they are, they probably 
when we say that something is on something, it means they are contiguous, right? Mm-hmm. They're standing on it, and there's no room between one thing and the other because it's on. And there's a distinction even between two things. Exactly, right? Maybe the little tiny thing will see, let's say, a space between the two that we don't see because that mm. thing fits in between. So from their perspective, the bottle is not on the table, but rather over the table, very mm. close to it, but still over the table, right? Yes. Uh Again, does that mean that the bottle is really not on the table? Of course it's on the table, right? Mm-hmm. But we need to realize that this description that we're making is still colored by the fact that we are humans. And again, I know it said like this seems like almost, you know, uh, I'm trying to, to split hairs here, but it's not. No, I, th- I think, yeah, it depends on your focus. Because when you do that, I think some people make that move. And then they therefore make this leap to be like, there is nothing, right? There is no truth. So nothing we say can be true. There's nothing. And you're not doing that. You're just saying the standpoint determines the frame of the description. Yeah. And the domain like with which ob- objectivity would be concerned. And so I think a, a, a more specific way of describing the bottle that takes into consideration what you said would be, it's still a descriptive claim that happens to be true, but it's a description of the world as given in a specific way. And it is true based on the correspondence between the language and how the state of affairs is given. Yes. Would you say that? Yes, with the difference. You're saying okay. you're you're saying that the you use the term the way the world is given, right? Mm-hmm. I would say the way the world is taken by us, right? Ooh, that's so much more aggressive. The the other way around, because I think that, and it is objective that we. He's doing air quotes. <laughs> you can't see this. Um, no, no. But uh, joking aside, I think that um, there's something to be said about the fact that the bottle is on the table in the world that human beings. Um, and again, this is going to sound not the way I wanted to sound. Perceive, okay. Meaning that in the human world, the bottle is on the table for mm-hmm. sure, and this is true for a couple of reasons. First of all, because the way we are built, our senses are built, they give us this this image. Let's mm-hmm. say right, because conceptually, this is the way we have elaborated and we have constructed this. And again, constructed doesn't mean invented, right? Right. Um, we have elaborated this relation between the bottle and the table when they are in this position. And both of these things, though, they're not in the world by itself. Mm. That's what I'm trying to stress here. It's in a relation. It's in the relation, right? Mm-hmm. And it is the relation. And then eventually, because of this relation, because this relation is, at least we think, very similar from one human being to another, that we create this human being world, which is this intersubjective world, mm-hmm. right? Where we kind of, and again, it's going to sound not the way I like it to be, we agree that when things are in this kind of relationship, and they appear to us to be in this case, we call those things objective. We mm-hmm. call those things that way. But the reason why I I object to the fact that of the given stuff, right, mm-hmm. is because said that way, in my mind, it depicts a world or a view from nowhere, Right. Interesting. Which instead, in my mind, is not there. 
Okay, so I say giver, you say taker. Yeah. That's an interesting little distinction. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that is something that I would agree with. Um, I think the key, though, is keeping it in an area where you're saying something careful. Mm-hmm. Right, because again, this does not mean, as you said already, the bottle is not on the table. Absolutely, it also doesn't mean, I would say, that the the statement the bottle is on the table is an, is an opinion. It cannot be an opinion, right? It cannot because this is what. But again, it cannot be an opinion because we share a specific conceptual, perceptual, mm-hmm. and why not even um, what can we say social world mm-hmm. that we all share again but none, none of these things mean just randomly we decided this okay none of it yeah i'm just so okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna push a little bit mm-hmm. to see like where where we wind up so to even admit this distinction mm-hmm. means that there is a distinction uh and that's me- tautology but like it means like not everything mm-hmm. is an opinion right not everything is totally subjective mm-hmm. there is something um whether or not it is out there in itself or in the relationship between the out there and the in here so to speak mm-hmm. that presents in a, a state of affairs that is something like something like objective or fixed or shared Shared is the word to to me. Because, again, if we say fixed or... And, again, it depends what you mean. Yeah. Do do you mean that by saying what you said, do you mean that there is is something that goes and it's fixed outside of this relation and outside of this, again, conceptual, perceptual, uh, social uh, way in which we describe this and we understand this? I think that at best we can say that we don't know that, right? Mm, mm-hmm. uh, that we assume there is because we, you know, we're seeing the effects of something that we cannot access. Right, so like, why yeah, not? Yeah, exactly, right? But there's no certainty on that. Mm-hmm. We can concern ourselves only with the things that, if we concern ourselves only with the things that we quote unquote know, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, we can say that there are things that appear to be external to us. Yes. <laughs> right? And that we have decided under those, again, perceptual, conceptual, and social uh, agreements, let's mm-hmm. call them, that work in a specific way. And once you establish the framework, right, mm-hmm. that is objective, I would say. That okay. becomes objective within that frame. Mm-hmm. The same way that it is objective when, I don't know, in a specific discipline, when we're talking about a cell or we're talking about a nucleus or whatever it is. Once we establish what the terms mean within that discipline, mm-hmm. that is the objective way to refer to that. Mm-hmm. And if somebody wants to do that differently, well, we need to have like a little asterisk there and say, hey, I'm using this in a way that's not clear. That's not the, same, the usual way. And you move away from the, from the meaning, from the objective meaning of that word. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same thing. Yeah, it's because it's, I remember like, was that two, three years when we did the panel on science? was two years ago, I think. Two years ago. Because um, I talked about objectivity a lot in yeah. that. And I think what I wound up saying is that objectivity 
has to do with a, a domain, like you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not the God's eye view per se, but it is a view that encompasses the most godlike view within yeah. a specific box. Yes. Right. So it might not be true that in absolute world actuality there is a bottle and mm-hmm. this bottle is and this isness is on top of and the on top of <laughs> is on the table yeah. right but within the world as given or taken mm-hmm. uh, by humans there is some state of affairs that we all have access to that we can make statements about and the statements are either true or false yes because we have a st- the, every time I think, I feel every time there is a set of established rules, mm. then you can make the distinction of true or false. That's all you need. You need a set of rules, there, right. right? And again, I'm not saying this by saying this. I don't say that we made the rules. Right, of, right, right. Of, you know, we didn't make gravity, right? We didn't make those <laughs> things. But I'm saying that within the real, within the human real. Yes, we have established certain rules. And, you need the system. Yeah, and within the system, then there are things that are true or false. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a little... This will lead, though... And again, we had our, our episode on truth already. But I think that if we take this approach, then truth is not necessarily correspondence with a world that's completely separate with this world mm-hmm. that exists for, for God, let's say. But it's rather a correspondence between... The set of rules that are given to human beings or taken by human beings. Yes. And and what we're thinking. Yeah, I, I think the way I would phrase it is, you know, I'm kind of falling on some Kantian terms a little bit, but to say that true objectivity, and when I say true objectivity, I don't mean the gods of you, I mean the one that actually exists, exists yeah. um, would be like a phenomenal objectivity, mm-hmm. right? An objectivity relative to, which is weird to say, relative to the intersubjectively shared phenomenal world. Mm-hmm. So your statement corresponds not with something out there in itself that you can't access that may not even be there, but it corresponds to the shared system and framework and things that present themselves in, in consciousness, right? Yeah. So, okay. How is this different from subjective? <laughs> so, and I'm thinking while you're saying this, I'm thinking like pretty much the the this objectivity thing is like you know like the corporations like LLC, limited liability corporation. Yes, yes, yes. Like the version of objectivity that we're talking about is a limited, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, not liability at that point, but it's, yeah. a, it's again, it's a, it's a weird to say it, but it's like a relative objectivity. It is, but in the broadest sense, exactly. It is, it is the largest shared peace mm-hmm. that can exist between humans, right? Among humans. Mm-hmm. But it's still limited by the fact that this doesn't pertain to my dog. True. Yes, yes. Or at least not everything. Not everything, yes. Maybe okay. the dog. I, I don't know if the dog. Right. I mean, dogs do strange stuff, so <laughs> sometimes. Um, Heard they see ghosts. They do? I think ghosts and babies. I mean, animals and babies. They see ghosts? I think so. I don't know. My dog does weird stuff, but it all, you know, goes around food for her. So, gotcha. So I don't, I don't know about ghosts. Um, so this, how is this different from subjectivity? Well, even with with subjectivity, I think there are a few things that we need to discuss okay. before we even we even make the the relation. One, so we said the subjectivity is this view instead that 
is the opinionated view, right? Mm-hmm. Let's call it right now, uh, for the sake of simplicity. But he also implies a couple of things that are not necessarily, uh, what can we call it? Um, the, I don't think, I don't even think we, me and you agree 100%. <laughs> okay. Uh, first of all, he presumes the existence of this thing that's called a subject, right? Yes. Yes. As a completely separate entity from everything else. Uh, because if that's your opinion, that means that your opinion is you, right? True. I think what I would say to play softball here <laughs> is that it presupposes some kind of subject thing that's in some way kind of separate from some other non-subject <laughs> things. Let's say that. Uh, I hear you. So, well, first of all, so we and we don't need to discuss this today, but right. Uh, but like, I am not the bottle. Yes, I am not you. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> instead of saying yes, I'll, I'll say yes but it for now. it implies that. Yes, it implies that. That concept implies that. And it also implies the fact that these opinions, right, are separate or separable from the things that we just described. Yeah, they're of a different type, maybe. They are diff- they're, yeah, exactly. There's a different – it's a different type. And I'm not sure uh, mm. what what type those things are. Um and I'm not even sure that that these things really kind of exist, but <laughs> but again, that's for later. Um, but but what do you what would you say? What would you say? How would you describe the difference in type between the two? Aside from again the, the the point of view, is there anything else there? So to try and keep parallel with the long-winded way I described <laughs> objectivity, I might say that in contrast, a subjective thing is a thing that relates not to the relationship between subject and object, but to the relation between subject and subject, or at least a component of the object only insofar as it relates to the subject. Hmm, That's interesting. So, again, let's go back to the object side. So what would be the difference there that you're not taking in just the part of the... So that's... I was wondering... thing you were going to ask us. So if I say the bottle is on the table, that is certainly a statement about the relationship between the me, the subject, and the object, right? But I think the difference is that relation is an intersubjective relation. Okay. Right? Because it's shared between me and you and everyone else who has the same like mental structure and eyes mm-hmm. and touch. Um, whereas the subjective side, if I say like, oh, this bottle's ugly or, well, let's not even go there, right? Because you might claim aesthetics is objective. (laughs) Uh, I hate this bottle. Okay. Right. That's not a thing that involves other subjects, right? So there's something that relates only to this particular subject and itself. But then aren't you just expressing your feeling period? I mean, yes. it's nothing necessarily anything to do with a bottle, does it? So I think it's the difference is it's not a description of the intersubjectively constituted object. It's a feeling about the object within my own subjectivity. It, it is a description of the way you feel towards the relation that you have with the bottle. 
Something like that. I like. I don't know if I feel comfortable saying description, but otherwise, yes, basically. Mm. So it is. It's an expression. It's the expression. It's a preference. It's the expression of the preference. It's, it's a an, value. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And are we saying so? Are we confining subjectivity to the realm of values? I usually think about it that way, um, because I can't think of a values. Well. I think there's some values that become so large and like intersubjectively shared that we can treat them as objective, even if they aren't truly, for example, like don't kill and rape people. Okay. Um, but other than those things, because like, ethics gets complicated, in general, I think you can't have a value judgment that's not a subjective thing. And I think the other question to ask would be, you can't have a subjective thing that's not a value thing. Mm. I'm going to poke it a little bit. Yeah, then that's re- cool. Then relativism is okay. No. Why? why? <laughs> where's, the, where's the... How does that follow? Because you're saying like, well, everything that has to do with values, right, is subjective. Mm. Therefore, some people might say relative. Yes. Therefore... Okay, so let me, let me uh, <laughs> tighten my thing up there to avoid that because I obviously don't think that's true. Uh, um, I know, that's why I'm... I know, <laughs> I know, having fun. Uh, what I would say is something like... there. So I think it has to do with the fact that I said some values transcend personal subjectivity and make their way into intersubjectivity, which then makes itself into the actual real objectivity, which is phenomenal objectivity. So like... Killing people bad, right? I don't say that's just my personal preference. You could have a disagreement. <laughs> I would say that's a shared thing. But as far as saying, like, I like orange more than blue, which hmm. is true. Orange is my favorite color. Blue is my least favorite color. Hmm. Um, that's something that's only me. Okay. How do we make this distinction, though, between the ones that should make the leap into the intersubjective mm-hmm. and the one they're not because it might, somebody might say that's subjective the, yeah. the distinction that you're making, right? I think you could appeal to a couple of things. The things that um, how do you say the things that relate back to like a shared fixed foundation such as the basic tenets of consciousness, I would say that's grounds for objectivity because mm. um, that's not a, a preference. I would say so I was like, I was killing relating to that, though. Um, you could also relate it to biological instincts, okay. I think, right? There's like things that are fixed in, in the brain that give us a certain reaction to things, and it's not something that's made up, right, or, mm-hmm. or arbitrary. Um, I think that's a place to start. It could be practic- we make a practical distinction between like, hey – Nobody actually thinks that society would be good if this thing happened. No one, you wouldn't want that happening to you, right? There's an empathetic component to it, maybe. So um, we, we, make, we make a decision. We much. make a decision. All right, and that's, that's fair enough, right? If we say that there are a plethora of... So if we say that subjective means um, that has to do with values, right? Mm-hmm. And then we say, well, some of these values, though we say that they transcend the subjective aspect of it and they become intersubjective. Yes. Because we had decided so. As long as we... I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think that as long as we say, we just made a decision as human beings Mm. (laughs) to do so, 
Uh, could it be otherwise? Sure, of course it can be otherwise. Uh, but we had decided to do that. And then at this point, again, we have rules mm-hmm. that becomes kind of uh, the, the things to do because otherwise we are in, you know, we have Hume's problem, right? Yes. Like where is this bad, this evil that you see in killing somebody? Yeah, I guess I would say, I'll try to clean it up. There, there are some things that are uh, personally subjective. Well, first of all, I would say there are zero things that are not at all related to A or a group of subjects. Okay. So nothing exists separate to that. Not in our realm. Right? So there are zero things that are totally 0% not related to the subject. All things are in some way related to the subject. Yes. Within that category, there's like some finer distinctions. Some of those things are like personally subjective, and that would be... I like sushi better than pizza, mm-hmm. right? Or I like using um, this dish soap more than this dish soap, right? Because it's about like my own personal mental space and feelings and yeah. preferences. Um, then there are other things that transcend the level of personal subjectivity into the level of the intersubjective. And those are the things that are based wholly on shared conditions um, and within those conditions, I guess some of them are indisputable structures of consciousness. Some of them are practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are other things, I guess. And I think this is probably the general framework. Yeah. No, I I can see. I can see where we're going there. And again, I am completely on board the moment we mm-hmm. we say, hey, we made a decision here. Right. As as human beings, right? And yes. I'm not saying that we sat around the table. Isn't it? It's like the social contract, right? <laughs> no, no, but there was never a moment where we all sat around the table were like, hey, we're yeah, going to exactly. do these things, right? No, it's rather we were pushed, I don't know, by necessity, by mm. custom, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we eventually got used to uh, do certain things in a mm-hmm. specific way. They became the norm. They became, uh, for lack of better words, the reality in which we live. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we called them intersubjective, objective. While we had, um, we haven't included everything into that realm, right? So there is room for things that we've considered to be personal opinions, right? Mm-hmm. And this usually, um, these things have to, when I think about this, uh, I think of things that have to do with taste. Okay. Uh, rather right, uh, than anything else. And things that to do with thoughts, thoughts and taste. Mm-hmm. And I think about this because there is a level, um, and I was thinking this while you were talking. It seems to me that the moment there is the involvement of another subject, mm-hmm. or there is the involvement of another creature, I want to say, right, into the process, into my sub- subjective process, that that can be claimed to be intersubjective rather than objective. That are rather than subjective, sorry. Okay. So this, for example, will be the reason why uh, we can say that it's possible to, for, you know, when we talk about homicide, to consider that un, rather an intersubjective slash subjective thing mm-hmm. because that doesn't involve just me, but involves somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. It involves the, the, the killer and the killed. Yes. Right? I think, uh, I have a hard time admitting this, but I think that the same thing goes when other non-human animals are involved in these things, right? Uh, anything that is alive, we can say, there is a level 
of 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 intersubjective involvement there, right? Right, because you assume cats are not private and isolated from other cats. Exactly, yeah. exactly, right? Or even, you know, you assume that there is, a, the moment there is an interaction with something else that's alive, that there are repercussions for that being as well, right? Mm, yes. Um, well, when I think about taste, right, if I'm talking about the fact that hmm, chocolate makes me feel good. Yes. That is just makes me feel good. It's me, right? Mm-hmm. Or when I think, whatever I think in my head, without acting on it, that's absolutely personal, right? Yeah, this is tough because I feel like, so when you say that statement, um, chocolate makes me feel good, do you think that's different from saying, I prefer chocolate over other things? I think he might because then that will lead to specific consequences, right? Yeah, and also like, you know, is it, isn't it in a weird way if we cut you open and we looked at like your neural signals and like, okay, he ate the chocolate um, and then the things happened that went to the part of the brain that are associated with Feeling you know, these, these qualitative things, you know, even if there's not a direct correlation. Like, does that then mean... Like, you know, those are kind of hard. Yeah, of course. Of course they are hard. And I, I, I don't have an answer to that. But, yeah. And, but, and verification, too, right? Absolutely. Because this seems to be something that we didn't get to yet, but you finish and then... No, no, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, it seems like if you talk about the things we called objective, like the bottle is on the table, that could be verified. It's either true or false, right? It has this truth value. It's a zero or a one. That's it. There's, according to the rules that we establish. According to the rules, which I would say are... <laughs> objective. Objective, that's right. Um, it's It can't be either or. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It can't be neither, and it can't be both. Yes. Right? True, false, binary. It's on the table. It's not on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the verification for the subject claim is not... It's not the same kind of thing because it's about a private object, so to speak. Well, that's why I was trying to make differences in there as well, right? Because agreed, it's very difficult to... I always say this in class. You cannot verify that chocolate makes me feel better or worse. That's me, right? Right. However, if we talk about different kind of preferences, right? If we're talking about, I don't know, uh, a song... And or better, if you're talking about the the virtue of a person or not, mm. and you say I like this person because you know I don't know this person is generous or whatever, uh, I think that there is a way to analyze and verify those things, even though their preference. It, mm-hmm. There is a way Aristotle would say for sure that there is a way to verify that gener- having the trait of generosity is better than not to have it. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and that's all I'm saying. I'm saying that even in this realm of preferences, we need to make a difference there. This is why I was limiting the, sub- the absolute subjective to what makes me feel in a specific way mm-hmm. and the thoughts that I have. Mm-hmm. Because even expressing those thoughts then puts that thing into the realm of intersubjectivity by definition. Act. Exactly, yes. by definition. Because at this point, I'm sharing, and of course, somebody else needs to be there, but I'm sharing that at that point. And that mm-hmm. can have a real consequence on the state of of affairs, right? On the world, the way it is. 
uh, within the limitations that we have established, right? So if I say all of a sudden, not chocolate makes me feel good, but I share with you that I prefer chocolate over vanilla, right? Yes, that's what I was thinking. And then all of a sudden you're like, mm, really, why is that? And we start talking about it. And then you start eating chocolate as well, and you prefer it over vanilla. And if this thing expands, then you see that cocoa beans are starting to be, mm. you know, cultivated everywhere. And vanilla beans are being disregarded all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. We just take them away, whatever. And this has a real effect on object of the object world, right? Yeah. And I know it's a stretch what I'm saying, but you you understand what which, which way I'm going, right? Yeah, I think so. And the weird thing about preferences, right? So like value claims or some, uh, you know, personally subjective things is that they are based on objective things. Mm. There is an ice cream cone in my hand. It is vanilla. It is touching my tongue, right? So mm-hmm. it does create a certain sensation within me. So those are all things that at least in some sense seem to be objective. The subjective part seems to come when you express a feeling about the objective things. When you're superimposing a different set of lenses. When you're adding something. This is, You know, I've never put it this way, but you seem to be adding something to the immediate experience. Mm, so it seems to a different layer. There's another layer added. There's the objective facts happening, and then there's you kind of... reflecting i don't know on these things because for example i i would say i like vanilla better than chocolate Mm -hmm. right i would say monster (laughs) (laughs) i know um but if i have the ice cream cone in my hand and i'm licking the ice cream and i say vanilla has this taste and even we can agree upon you know presupposing there's a shared quality let's say we're even like oh yeah vanilla has this softness to it it kind of is like this other thing and we say yep those are all true things but then you go i like chocolate better something is now added that wasn't there and i go i like vanilla better there's something there besides i don't know what you want to call it like the the bare bones facts that are happening i'm i'm thinking of it as a specific different feedback that you get Hmm. from this box that we can call this object, right? Let's let's think of this this objective uh, qualities that you're describing, right, as the signal that goes from this object towards this black box, which is this, the, this object, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this direction. It goes in, and then usually you end up, you know, if it was a phone, it will go in and there and just go out again, right? Mm-hmm. The The signal will go out and... It should be the same. What goes in goes out, right? But there are certain times where this doesn't... Well, that really never happens, right? There's always a little bit of noise. There's always something that comes with the box in itself. Mm -hmm. And this is the specific hue that each specific human beings have about even this intersubjective stuff. I think we need to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, But the thing is, in this process where the signal goes inside, what comes out, there's also a specific feedback... Mm. That has to do with the specific way in which that box is made. Mm-hmm. And this feedback is this personal stuff, I think. It's an added thing that comes from the specific way in which you're made, if you want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is not necessarily 
an addition to what we have. It is something that, again, think of a signal. It's like it gets dirty. It gets, it gets, um, uh, gets some noise with it, and this noise is your preference, right? Hmm. And I'm thinking about this in this term is because, in theory, you can strip the noise out, right, and just look back on what you got in, right? Those qualities that you were saying, the vanilla bean is more gentle flavors, mm-hmm. as the softness that's different, and so on. This you can recap again, and that part will stay the same inside the box. Mm-hmm. While the liking stuff, it is probably just, again, this, this noise that it's there. And it's interesting because I think that a scientific, quote-unquote, minded person or somebody who's trying to do an objective analysis of things is constantly trying to clean up that noise mm-hmm. from everything that we say. While somebody who's doing who wants to look just the subjective analysis, he's telling us that the only thing that counts is that noise, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. It is, and I think probably the best thing to do is to combine those two things. Um, you know, certain methods are good for uncovering certain things. Other methods are good for uncovering Absolutely. certain things. You don't want to have a method that totally excludes, you know, half of reality or something like that. Um, but I think this we should continue this into the next episode because this stuff about preference is super interesting, and I have some more questions, and I'm also wondering how we can relate this, you know, to things like art. You'd mentioned taste yep. earlier, and even maybe ultimately back to science and and reason itself. Absolutely, let's do this next time. All right, I'll see you around. See you around. Mm-hmm.